He joins me every Tuesday. I keep having to remember Tuesday because it's off yesterday, Dan Schaefer, and it's very discombobulating. See what I did there? Oh, there you go. Boom, I'm on fire today. How about that? Well, it's a good time to recombobulate then, I think, right? <laughs> of course, I say that because he is the writer and the producer and the founder and the editor and how many other titles you have of the recombobulation area. Yeah. Found where? Uh, you can find it at therecombobulationarea.news, recombobulation area on Substack. You can also find me on Twitter at Dan R. Schaefer, where I will occasionally tweet about things other than my beloved Milwaukee Bucks. Since you mentioned the Bucks, I don't want to talk about the Bucks, but I, I do want to, because I know you're a big fan. Huge fan, yeah. Tough game last night, but but uh, I saw some things that give me um, some hope. Road game against the defending champs is going to be tough. Competitive, got uh, early on them. But but I, definitely some encouraging signs, especially in the half court defense. Uh, they were they were giving up a lot of baskets uh, with with Adrian Griffin as coach. Seems to seems to start starting to turn things around, tighten things up a little bit on that defensive end. Uh, some encouraging signs. Wish they would have made a few more of those open threes, but <laughs> yeah. you know, Dame did that's not always have a good night shooting. I was like four for thirteen last. I did not have a great night shooting. No, he goes back to back to Portland on Wednesday. That's going to be that's going to be an emotional. Is that the return first time back? It'll be his first time back. Yeah. Wow. We'll have to we'll have to talk about that on Thursday. Um, real quick, Taylor Swift. As a, as the father of two, <laughs> two girls, yeah, two, I'm a girl dad. I, yeah, yep. I, I'm a girl dad too. I have two daughters who are now in their 30s, but I don't get the the Taylor Swift hate. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty bizarre that uh, Republicans have have seen this, you know, pop country star dating a football player who's going to the Super Bowl and decided, yeah, we don't we don't like this person at all. It's pretty weird. I don't know. It's it's she seems she seems. I'm not a huge fan, but she's got a few good songs that I like. My daughters will play. Her songs over and over and over and over and over and, how old and over daughters? again. How old are your daughters? Seven and three. So the seven-year-old loves to play Taylor yeah. Swift, Shake It Off, all that kind of stuff. And would so. you take take her or them to a Taylor Swift concert? Yeah, we took uh, we took our oldest to the uh, the movie when it was, how was when that? it was screening. She really enjoyed it. It was really long. See, she she would she didn't stay awake the whole time. Uh, it's like a th- you know she's these yeah. tours that she does are like yeah. these three hour. I feel like for all people complaining about types her, of yeah. shows. For yeah, all people complaining about her. She puts on quite a show, and they're always sold out. That's the thing, you know. She, so what's the anger about? Yeah, I don't know. She uh, she's she's uh, you know an economic catalyst every time she goes to one of these cities. A boon for the local economy. Maybe we should yeah. have a debate, a debate between Vivek Ramaswamy and Taylor Swift to see how that turns out. I, I think uh, I think Vivek's <laughs> going to lose that one, like he lost many other debates <laughs> over the uh, past year. I love it. All right, uh, a couple quick quick hitters. Lena Taylor, now a new judge in in Milwaukee. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a you know she she's had quite the interesting electoral career. Mm-hmm. You know she's lo- I don't know how many she's probably the only person who can say she lost races against Scott Walker, Tom Barrett. Cavalier Johnson and defeated Mandela Barnes in a primary. Uh, yeah, you know, she's obviously been looking to, looking to leave the state Senate for some time. She's been running for a lot of different races. She ran for another, uh, I forget the, the judge, judicial race that she lost, um, last year as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, she's represented the fourth district in the state Senate for almost 20 years. Uh, and so that's a that's a long time in public service. Got a lot of respect for people uh, who spend their career in public service, and it seems like uh, seems like an interesting next step for her. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly how things will go uh, when she's on the bench, but uh, I think you know she's she's somebody who's garnered a lot of respect in her community among her constituents. Uh, and like I said, twenty years in, in public service in the state senate that's uh, it's a pretty remarkable accomplishment. Yeah, she's resilient. I mean, she's yeah. taken defeats and, and just bounced back in different in different ways and. 
I know her a little bit. I've had her on the show a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't agree with everything she says, but I think she's been very, very. What's the right word? Other than resilient, she's been very forceful in in the in the in the way that she attacks problems. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. In her with her perception. Yeah, and I think she's been very connected to to her district, to her community. Uh, you know, for for a very long time, and so I think this this will be interesting, and it also you know it'll open up an interesting opportunity for somebody to to run for that seat in the in the fourth district there you know we have uh in wisconsin we have the nested uh senate and assembly districts so you have three assembly districts within each senate district so obviously you look to some of those candidates for people who might want to jump take the take the next step all democrats within that dora drake uh darren madison and lakeisha myers uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see if any of them take the next step and, and run for the Senate. That's why you're on the show, because I could have named one of those three, and you got all three. So I came prepared, Steve. I came <laughs> prepared. It. You always come prepared. We're going to take a break here. After the break, we're going to talk about it. It's a nice segue to redistricting, because the lines are going to be moving. What lines, where they're going to be at, and how that impacts everybody. Fair maps is the uh, the term that's getting thrown around like crazy now. Dan Schaefer, he writes the Recombobulation Area. Great political reporter. And... Uh, Part of my my new 9 o'clock hour, he's going to be half of that. And uh, as I said, next week, I think James Wigdeson will be the lead into you on the other side of the political aisle. So it's going to be a fascinating hour moving ahead. Dan Schaefer, more with Dan after this on WTMJ. Dan Schaefer, our guest, as always, Tuesdays 930. That, that won't change. We're talking a little bit there at the end of the uh, the first segment about the the new lines are coming. Apparently, Thursday is the day where the the are they consultants? What, what are they called? Yeah, the court appointed consultants yeah. who are going to be kind of overseeing uh, the the redistricting process. And then we have the now six. There was initially seven uh, maps that were submitted. Now six that are being considered by the court uh, after another. Uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court ruling. So yeah, we're getting right down to it now. Two days away from the uh, from the hotly anticipated consultants' report for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Yeah, I don't know if hotly uh, anticipated is the yeah. right word, but I mean <laughs> that's one of those those benchmark deadlines that it goes pretty quick. And of these plans, I know you've been you've been reading a lot of things. You were just talking about a, a, a John Johnson report from Marquette that kind of illuminates some of this stuff. Yeah, I think there was you know there was a. Uh, John Johnson at Marquette University Lubar Center has been doing a ton of research analysis on these maps. Definitely check out uh, the work that he's been doing there. Uh, but one of the things that he wrote yesterday was about uh, the maps that were passed uh, last week by Republicans yep. in the in the Senate and Assembly. Had not didn't didn't get uh, unanimous Republican support for those in the Senate and Assembly. But they made some. Basically, what they did is they took the maps that Governor Evers submitted uh, for his plan, and they made a few alterations to it. Let's talk about the alterations because that's really okay. the, that's the sticking point. That's the sticking point, and they made some alterations to more or less protect incumbents, right. uh, which I think is pretty ridiculous because you know these these seats are not. A birthright for these no. elected officials. You have to earn those votes. You have to. You have to go to the voters. You know, every all ninety nine uh, assembly seats are are going to be on the ballot this fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, half of the state senate is going to be on the ballot this fall to to rearrange maps to protect uh, protect incumbents and put them in safe districts is is about as clear an example of gerrymandering as you can get. And yes, these maps were in many ways very similar to to the maps that Governor Evers proposed. But making those small differences did make a big difference, I think, ultimately, in the end, to, to what, the, what the goal is here. And the goal should not be uh, to protect incumbents. Uh, the goal should not be to look at the home address of every last legislator and make sure that they are drawn into a safe district. It should be to best represent the state.
and and not to you know consider the location of of state legislators. What do you make of the charge from Republicans that we gave? Basically, we gave you what what the governor proposed with some slight changes. Yeah, but the, the slight changes make all the difference. And I think another thing to consider with that too is that that it, and this is something that John Johnson wrote about. Um, those slight changes, you know, so the whole this whole case that was brought to the Supreme Court was about contiguity. You know, one of the main right. the the issue that they ruled on was on contiguity. You have you have to have contiguous districts. You know, many uh, municipal boundaries across the state have these kind of municipal islands. May not even have people living uh, in them, but you have to have contiguous districts according to the state constitution. Well, uh, according to Johnson, uh, if you look at the maps that were passed last week by Wisconsin Republicans, they are non-contiguous. They they have uh, you know I, I think it is maybe affects zero people uh, when it, it, you look at where exactly they they redrew things in this you know uh, not populated territory right. but it's kind of a thumbs up or thumbs down thing whether it's contiguous or not. Uh, John Johnson also wrote about the Senate Democrats submission having the same problem of, of not fixing the contiguity issue that that was the uh, issue that struck down these maps. So I, it's it's really amazing, I think, when you take a look at that, that Wisconsin Republicans may have again passed unconstitutional maps when they took this action last week. Do you believe in your heart of hearts, in your brain of brain, that there is such a thing as a fair map, given if it's drawn by political Participants. I think there. I think I, I think of the the words more perfect, right? In, in our in our founding documents. Don't there, let there perfect no, be the enemy of good. Is right. Another one. There's another one. But I think there. You know, there is not a pure fairness, perhaps, because you also always have uh, the human element in in drawing these maps um, and and making the decisions about which maps are. But I think there we can get to more fair maps. We can, in the maps that we've had for the past twelve plus years certainly have not been fair. Uh, I think we can continually get closer and closer to a fair map, and we can continue uh, the improvement, uh, and I think that that is what we're doing right now. I think, you know, four of the six maps get much closer to reflect the the electorate of the state um, than the maps that we've had for the last 12-plus years. All right, we'll take a break here. We've got a couple breaks to take before the end of the hour. Dan Schaefer, our guest, as always. But I want you to think about, as we redraw these lines what the this is speculation, but as somebody who observes politics, I think you have a pretty good idea what this might look at at the end of the process. Again, we don't know which version is going to be the the popular one or what the consultants will say, but what ultimately will arise from whatever final decision is made. That's next with Dan Schaefer on WTMJ. Spending the half hour with political writer Dan Schaefer from the Recombobulation area. We'll get the important information on how you can find his great writing. Uh, from a liberal perspective, left-leaning, and he acknowledges that, right? Sorry, sure do. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, certainly leans to the left a little bit, but I, I try to be fair to everybody. Uh, which I appreciate. And you, you are a great writer, so I really appreciate that. So I asked you before the break, and I, we were talking a little bit during, um, when this benchmark deadline Thursday and these consultants sort of pick one, hopefully, I think they have to pick one of them, um, what do you think this is going to, this final, you know, with quotes, version is going to look like we, we we talked a little bit during the break about these kind of spiral these pinwheel approaches to places like madison fastest growing part of the state i think middleton's was the fastest growing city at least mm-hmm. a couple of years ago that hasn't changed can you do it any other way i think there are you know there, there are a number of pr- approaches to the way that the maps have have drawn through uh dane county but i think i think that is one of the places that we are bound to see some inevitable 
changed because in the in the previous maps, you know, in in the 2010s, Dane County was the fastest growing part of the state of Wisconsin. But in the 2021 map introduced by Republicans and eventually used for the 2022 election, they added no new assembly or Senate districts to Dane County. Uh, I, I think that will certainly change. I mean, th- that's part of what the redistricting process each each decade should do is is reflect the changes in population uh, for the state. So I think there's going to inevitably be some level of change uh, coming to Dane County, and and you know I think there are there are better uh, options than others. The way that those are redistricted, um, you know, s- s- some of them I think perhaps go a little bit too far with the way they kind of draw these pinwheel. Uh, uh, pin, pinwheel districts coming out of the city of Madison, but I think some of them are, are more than fair and and certainly reflect uh, reflect the changes in population in there as well. Just my personal opinion, but if you avoid some of the arbitrary, on purpose decisions to protect lawmakers, that that's a nice first step. So, however, they can figure that out. Uh, the pinwheel question, I don't know how else you would do it for for an area like Madison's very concentrated with a lot of Democrats. Um, on this, on this issue of gerrymandering and, and where we draw the lines, I, I'm constantly frustrated by this fact. It seems like in this country, when legislatures, left or right, have the opportunity, they go for it. Am I wrong on that? I mean, is there an example other than, like, Iowa's, where a legislature's making these calls and their left or right-leaning members aren't putting the pedal down and saying, we're going to get as many seats as we can? I think that is why we need some federal intervention on this. Do you think that's coming at some point? I I certainly hope so. And I think it is one of the missed opportunities uh, of the of the last few years. And, you know, the I think it was the John Lewis Voting Rights Act uh, advanced by, you know, moderate Democratic senators like Joe Manchin and Amy Klobuchar. Uh, had federal rules to ban gerrymandering at the state level. Well, it got unanimous Democratic support and zero Republican support. So what does that tell you? I mean, I I think, but you know, there's examples on both. There sides. are examples on both sides, but so there there are not equivalent point. examples on both sides. Yeah, and I think I if you look at what's state. happening in Wisconsin now, you know, Republicans want to give themselves a near two thirds supermajority with these maps. Democrats are looking for something close to fifty fifty. They're not. There's none of the submissions from Democrats, from liberal aligned law firms, whatever, that would create an equivalent Democratic majority like the Republican majority that we've seen. Acknowledged, in the set. but Republicans would argue that's sort of how the states made up. It's this vast Republican leaning area that are outside the cities, and you can't. You're not going to have a Democratic leaning seat up in you know Eagle River. Probably. I think that's massively overstated, though, because if you look at you know Superior, Eau Claire, La Crosse, Oshkosh, Green Bay, you you have Democratic representation true, true. in a lot of those cities. And here, there, here's a fact for you: if you take a look at the, the election for Janet Protasiewicz from from about a year ago, if you take Dane County out of that election, take completely remove Dane County entirely from the final count of that race. Protestawitz still wins. Yeah, her, her so, there, was so there is democratic support from all over the state. You and could I say think, the same thing about Tammy Baldwin. You could say the same thing about Tammy Baldwin as well. But I think you have to. I think you need to acknowledge that you know. Yes, there are a lot of Democrats in Milwaukee and Madison. There are also a lot of Democrats in cities all over the state. I will give you that point. Um, so when this happens, when we have a final selection. Ultimately, what do you think is going to happen to the makeup of the two bodies, the legislature and uh, the uh, assembly in the Senate? What, what do you think the result of that will look like? I no, think, not a, certainly not a supermajority in the Senate. I think, no, I think we are going to have, 
I think we're going to have one of probably the most competitive state legislative election cycle that we've seen in a generation because that it, even you know the you know right leading map from the Wisconsin Institute of Law and Liberty that one creates a lot more competitive districts than we've seen. I actually like that their version. Well, their version, you know, they actually did the assignment. They always <laughs> I, do. That's the I thing think that, that people they get wrong. They do their homework. They do their homework. I think it, you know, the the court called for uh, the maps to be politically neutral. I would argue that the will map is not exactly politically neutral. It gives Republicans about a ten seat uh, advantage, where you know I think the the political geography of the state should suggest that Republicans maybe have closer to maybe a two percent uh, geographical advantage. Uh, but uh, you know that we're we're splitting hairs at that point. But I think a lot of the Democratic district uh, submissions did well. Uh, also, the the map from right the right petitioners uh, had a map with zero ward splits. Uh, you know, they drew, you used some computational redistricting to, to draw their map. The law forward map only had one word split. You know, a lot of the, the, and, and I think there's really been one outlier if you look at all of these. The map that splits more than 100 municipalities, uh, more than 50 counties, hundreds of wards is the legislative Republican map, which is fundamentally the same map that we've had for so many years. So I think we're going to get to a place where we're closer to 50 50. I think conservatives or Republicans would probably still be favored on most of these maps, if not all of these maps, to win a majority. But that's not. But you know, I don't think we're looking at a year where we're going to have a wave election either way. I think it's going to be it's going to be pretty tight uh, going into you know Wisconsin's always a toss up in a presidential year. I think that's going to make for some very competitive elections, which I think will be a really good thing. Pull people away from from the you know deep polarization that we've had in the state. Get closer to the middle and compete for some of those votes. You're very optimistic, Dan. <laughs> I appreciate that optimism. Real quick. Uh, President Biden made a trip to uh, Duluth Superior, actually uh, in Superior, mm-hmm. and um, massive project. I was intrigued by the fact that some people, for some reason, didn't understand why this bridge was important. I don't care what your politics are. That's a lifeline, an economic lifeline between this state, Minnesota, Canada, nearly a million trucks a year over that bridge. And it was going to be shut down in not too distant future if they didn't fix it. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of those in infrastructure related campaign stops that the Biden campaign makes to Wisconsin uh, over the course of the next year. Because guess what? That was that bipartisan infrastructure law had a lot of votes from Republicans. Not the case in Wisconsin. Zero members of Congress uh, voted for uh, the bipartisan infrastructure. Zero Republican members of Congress from Wisconsin voted for the bipartisan infrastructure law. I think that's going to be a, a topic that comes up this and, year. And don't you dare, those guys who voted against it, show up at any of these events. You didn't You didn't sign up for it. You don't get to take the glory and the glow of having actually voted for those projects. Even if it's in your district, don't show up because I'll point your you-know-what's out. Well, we, that's, we saw Tammy Baldwin there, but not, not Ron Johnson. So uh, that's, uh, you know, there's one example. All right, Dan Schaefer joins me every Tuesday. We're actually talking about, we'll do something on the Decision Wisconsin podcast in the near future, too. We'll go unplug, Dan. There we go. Who knows what that'll be like. Great to see you, as always. How do they find the Recombobulation Area? The Recombobulation Area dot news. Recombobulation Area on Substack. Find me on Twitter at Dan R. Schaefer.